0: Welcome to FranPath Consulting podcast. I'm Sam
1: Schweitzer and I'm Brittany Bodie, and together we are Fran Path Consulting. How's your day going, Britt? It's good. How's your day today? I'm tired. I don't know. I maybe I haven't had you know my typical 300 milligrams of caffeine by noon. <laughs> maybe that's it.
0: Yeah. So. I f- I feel like I'm dragging too, Um, and we still have another day and a half to go, so we're going to have to get a little caffeine boost in here soon. Yes. Amen to that. Amen to a little bit of espresso. Can
1: never go wrong with that. Should have taken a little shot before we got on here. Of espresso, of course.
0: Yes, (laughs) of course. So how have your calls been today? What are you hearing?
1: You know – a lot of different stuff. So I I actually have a client that's in process with the brand that we're going to talk today and they're very excited. So it's always good to hear that, you know, getting a lot of requests um, for B2B. And I think when you start talking to people, they don't really think of franchising as B2B. So it definitely excites them when they find out that there are opportunities inside of franchising to not just serve the consumer, but other businesses as well.
0: Yeah, you know, the brand we have on today, I think especially is unique because I've worked in my career when I was on the development side, I worked on two B2B brands, but both of them were home-based. They were services for for other businesses that were more of a small office or home-based. It's very rare that you see B2B that can also have a B2C element, Typically B2B is just B2B and then also has a brick and mortar component because I think what we're hearing and seeing two years ago, nobody wanted brick and mortar. It was the thing that everybody talked about, not interested in brick and mortar. This has a brick and mortar component, but add a smaller footprint, easier build out, easier to find the location. So I won't steal all the thunder, but I agree. I'm hearing over and over again from my clients that they like the idea of being able to have something B2B. Yeah, I think it's
1: comfortable for a lot of executive level people to get the opportunity to work with other business owners. To They're comfortable with the longer process of the sale and the explanation, and it's very similar to what they do in their day-to-day. So I think it really feels sometimes more like home, than a B2C company would, and I think you nailed it. A lot of times as people are looking past the passion aspect and really into that profitability and passive or semi-passive play, they do say, you know, while I am an avid gym goer, I don't know if I want to own the gym. And so I think B2B lends itself to being incredibly profitable, but also something that they're passionate about, getting to work with like-minded people on the business side.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, I don't think I've ever thought of it that way of getting to work with like-minded people that are also business owners. That's a really great point. Thanks.
1: I know. I really have spent (laughs) a lot of time preparing to make only great points (laughs) during this podcast today, Brittany. I will think about that compliment tonight until I go to sleep. You know I love a compliment. Yes, you love a compliment. (laughs) So, well, I am about to give a great compliment because our guest today is actually a longstanding friend of yours and mine, a former colleague. He is really, truly one of the best in the business, so integral, so influential. He is the Vice President of Development on Fastest Labs with Franchise Fastlane, Don Terranelli back for another round on the Path <laughs> Podcast.
2: Thanks, ladies. I was so excited to be on again. Appreciate it and and appreciate the uh, very kind words there, Sam.
1: Again, I've been practicing bullet points all day to think of this. A lot of practicing for you today, Don.
0: I wanted to not screw it up. Well, you nailed it. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We, we really are so happy to have you. It's always fun to have just genuine friends on the podcast with us. And Sam and I are excited about this one. You know, I mentioned I've worked on, on two B2B concepts and both concepts, you were my counterpart team member on them. So I know that you and I both have a real love and passion for B2B businesses. So tell us a little bit about what is Fastest Labs?
2: Yeah, this is a brand I'm I'm really excited about it as you guys are. When when Carrie, our CEO, first brought it up to me, I said I want that brand, Carrie. That that's mine. I want it. She, uh, I said, if you sign it, uh, I want that brand, and and she signed it, and I was really excited to take it over. So, you know, we are a drug and alcohol testing lab. Um, we're a very niche product. We do drug testing, alcohol testing, and paternity testing. That's it. That's all we do. Um, But the big advantage of that is we're non-medical. We don't have any medical regulations because we don't do anything with blood work. So that allows our cost structure to be significantly cheaper. Uh, It means our labor pool is significantly larger because we're just looking for customer service customer service friendly folks. Uh, we don't need people with specialized backgrounds and specialized skills and degrees. We don't need a medical director. We don't need doctors. Uh, it also means we don't have any HIPAA requirements. Uh, we don't have any medical liability insurance that we have to carry. So it's it's a very, very simple model with a with very niche focus. And, and as we've been talking about, it's primarily B2B with a component of B2C. So we are about 70, for a mature business, 70 to 80% of our business is B2B. Now, in the beginning, you don't have any B2B clients day one, typically. uh, So it's flip-flopped in the beginning. You're starting to build the B2B accounts, but you have your B2C customers coming in early on, and we have some agreements and and partnerships that allow um, testing labs to get Traffic right away as they're getting going. So, um, yeah, it's it's at a very exciting model. It's it's taken off very quickly, and, and I love how proven out it is. Uh, as we were talking earlier, we already have seventy five locations open and operating. Another forty under development, and and that's pretty rare for a lot of franchise fast lane brands. We're typically signing brands when they have you know five to ten locations open. This is a very proven, very established brand, which is which is pretty exciting.
1: That is really exciting. I don't think that I realized how many open units you have and also how many in development, which is really great, especially for some of our clients that are really seeking out that proof of concept from a brand. So now when I'm talking to people a lot of the time, we talk about build outs and we talk about brick and mortar. And one of the things that always comes up is how much is the overhead going to be on this? I don't think that I want to have a big build out. And then if I have a brick and mortar location, it's got to be staffed constantly. What can I do to get out of that, but still have such a successful business? So what's the case with Fastest Labs? Do you guys have a build out like that? What does it look like?
2: Yeah, that's one of the really nice things about this model is because we're B2B, we don't need the best corner in town. Um, and we're waiting around for six, eight, 10, 12 months sometimes to get the perfect location. We're looking for class B office, stay, office space, could be retail space, but it's class B. It's not on the best corner in town. And we don't do typically a build out at all. Our Franchisees are able to find locations that suit their needs as is. And the the footprint is so minimal. Our franchisees only need 500 to 1,000 square feet of space. So when you talk about you know, the ongoing overhead, very minimal. Typically rents are 1,500 to $2,000 a month is all, uh, which is substantially lower than what most brick and mortar franchises would would look at for rent. So very low rents, very minimal build out. If there is a build out, it's not redoing plumbing and electrical and walls. It's maybe a fresh coat of paint, maybe new flooring. And typically we can get the landlord to cover that as part of the tenant improvement. So very minimal in terms of build out and and ongoing overhead of the space, which is certainly a a big appeal. And then when you talk about staffing, a lot of these um, brick and mortar franchises you need, you know, 15, 20 employees. Our franchisees start off with one. Start up with one employee is all. So really reducing that, once again, that overhead. Also the the hassle of finding, training, hiring people. When you only need one, it just makes life a lot easier.
1: I think I shared with you that I checked when Brittany and I first saw this brand. You brought it to us right at launch. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great for Madison and I territory checked Madison, Wisconsin, which is always open. And then it was already in my market and I looked at it and it was right next to the hormone clinic that I've been going to forever. It's kind of an offshoot, it's on an off street, you know, definitely class B retail, but I'm like, I have driven by this place no less than once a month for the last two years and had no clue that it was even there. You know, because it isn't something that you're seeking out. So I think that is definitely exciting for people looking for that real estate because they're very successful and they don't have to be in front of consumers constantly on a main byway.
2: Yeah. And when a lot of the alternative brick and mortar franchises out there, you know, nowadays are 60 to 100, sometimes 120,000 just for the build out, Uh, when we can get into spaces with no build out or very, very minimal, just uh, space lift build out. It's, it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, that is exciting. A- and talk to us a little bit more about that cost structure, because I think that that is such a unique element of this business. Uh, you hear brick and mortar, you think three, four, five, six hundred thousand 600,000 and up for build out. So walk us through, if you would, more what that investment looks like, because you do have small footprint, class B, small square footage, low overhead, small team. So that equals really great numbers from an investment standpoint.
2: It does. That was one of the other things that I really loved about this brand is you know to get a Brick and mortar investment at roughly around a hundred thousand dollars all in is extremely hard to find if you can find it. So yeah, we're looking at about a hundred thousand per location. That's franchise fees. That's thirty thousand of that is working capital. Um, you've got, you know, some chairs, desks. Our testing equipment is so simple; it's basically tablets and testing cups and a couple of cradles. Like it, the the technology is uh, is pretty minimal because it is sophisticated technology, but it's tablet based. Um, so you're three to four thousand dollars in testing equipment, um, signage. I mean, it's really a, a very low investment franchise. Once again, especially for brick and mortar, coming in right around a hundred thousand all in per location.
1: for brick and mortar, I didn't think I would ever see the day, (laughs) so (laughs) that's pretty darn exciting, you know, and I think we hear the word scalable, 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 it's a buzzword in not just franchising, but also in business, and we're also hearing another term increasingly more often right now, and that is recession resistant, as people start to wonder, is this a soft landing? is there such a thing as a soft landing? What is this going to look like? So how does Fastest Labs check those two boxes, recession resistant and scalable?
2: Yeah, great things. They're coming up all the time nowadays with with our clients. So with, with scalability, let's touch on that one first. So a lot of the things that make this model so simple help it to be so scalable. You know, when you don't need that real estate that only comes up every one or every couple of years, it allows you to find locations much faster and to open them much faster. The the other thing that really allows for that is our low employee count. That every time you open a location, you don't need to go hire 20 new employees. You're starting off every location with one employee. Now, we don't have one employee a few years down the line, but we add employees as our volumes increase. So, we have certain levers that when we get, to 10,000 a month in revenue, we're going to add another employee when we get to 25 and 50. So we have certain metrics that when we hit those, we're going to bring in another drug testing consultant. Um, but you can scale up this clinic uh, with the volumes, and then you can scale the overall business by adding more locations to your portfolio. And once again, because the employees are simple, because the real estate acquisition is simple, it makes it makes for it to be very scalable. And then to your point about uh, recession resistance, the uh, a lot something that I didn't know, and a lot of people don't, is if you're in an industry that's regulated by the Department of Transportation, you're required by law to drug test half your employees every single year, 12 and percent every single quarter, or there are very hefty fines imposed by the DOT. So that, that helps us a lot to be a, a very recession resistant business when a lot of our customers are required by law to use our services. Uh, and then, you know, most most employers, because it is B2B, they're not going to risk a bad hire to save 50 bucks on a drug test. You know, it's just, it's just not worth it. So that so we are a very recession resistant business. Um, and uh, so that's something that has also been very appealing to people because they see the they see the value of what we're adding and that, you know, those those DOT companies are not going to go away. And it's just it's just worth a 50 dollar investment to make sure you're getting the right employee for a pre screen drug test.
0: Yeah, that's definitely worth the investment. Um, And and I do, I think that there there are incredible qualities about this business, but those are certainly buzzwords that we're hearing over and over again. We've talked a lot about small team. So I want to understand who is the owner? What is their role in the business? What does their kind of ideal profile look like? Who should we be looking for?
2: So... Because the owner op- in an owner-operator situation, we'll talk about both models. We'll talk about owner-operator and semi-absentee. For an owner-operator, the owner-operator is primarily the one doing the business development, so they really should have a very a personable personality. They should be people, people, <laughs> people, persons. Uh, they should uh, they should want to spend time with people, and uh, a lot of them come from business development backgrounds. If, if somebody has done B2B sales, they love this model because it's also, we haven't touched on this, um, but a big buzzword is recurring revenue. Um, You know, this is not a transactional sale where they make a sale and that's it. They make a sale now and our customers don't leave us. We offer a faster service. We offer a better test and we can be very price competitive. We can meet or beat anybody's pricing. So there's no reason for a customer to ever leave us. So when we when we make a sale, when we get a, a new customer, they stick with us for years to come. They're sending all of their employees for pre-screens for those DOT drug tests, whatever it might be, whatever their needs are, they start sending all of their employees to us. So it is a business where you've got to drive those accounts over time, but it snowballs because everything you sold last month, you still have this month. The next month, everything you sold last year, you still have this year on top of what you sell this year. I know, Brittany, when you and I worked a couple of those other brands, very similar models where you've got that recurring revenue and it just builds up every month, every year. So B2B salespeople tend to really like this because they've done that. They've, they know how to penetrate business accounts and uh, and then they know that they're going to keep them for a very long time. So that's a, that would be a great owner-operator. Anybody who's done sales, especially if they've done B two B sales, um, not exclusively just to salespeople, but they've got to feel comfortable doing sales if they're going to be an owner-operator. Uh, we are open to semi-absentee owners. It's not as proven out as uh, as the owner-operators. We have more owner-operators, uh, but we are open to semi-absentee owners. They really should share a lot of those same characteristics. I would say a prime um, semi-absentee owner would be that business development person that's just killing it in the corporate world and has a hard time stepping away from a really high compensation package, but this allows them to start to build something. They understand business development, they can mentor their general manager and sales team and uh, and then eventually step away or not. Maybe it's just gonna be a long-term passive play and, and that's okay too. So uh, we're, we're really open to, to both of those models, but we definitely are looking for you know people with people skills, good communication skills.
0: And if someone's going to be semi absentee, talk a little bit more about who they'll need. Like, how will those models differentiate? Who will they need to make sure that the business can still flourish? Because The thing we tell all of our clients is semi-absentee is not absentee. And if you're going to be semi-absentee, you need management in place. You cannot rely on a $15 an hour employee to run your business. So tell us what that structure needs to look like in order for them to be approved as a semi-absentee owner.
2: Yes. So they're going to need to come in with a plan of hiring a solid general manager. And this general manager will... Be a business development person. So they're going to have title of general manager and that's going to be a portion of their job. But since the clinic operations are so simple and there's not a huge staff to manage, um, that's not going to be a, a, a huge portion of their job. Their biggest portion of the job is going to be account development b B2 landing B2B accounts, and then overseeing clinics. Most of our business development is done over the phone. So they're doing that from the clinics. We're not doing a lot of walk-in cold calls. Our whole sales process is done almost entirely over the phone, in addition to networking events and chamber of commerce and those types of things. But the actual sales calls are all done over the phone. So they're inside the clinics. So if something, something comes up in the clinic, they're there. Um, but uh, but uh, they're primarily responsible for overseeing the growth and overseeing the clinics. So in the clinics would be staffed very similarly. It's just a general manager coming in that really replaces that owner-operator, overseeing the clinics and driving sales.
1: That is so interesting. And I think every single franchise that we talk to, the role changes, semi-passive ownership, involved ownership, it's always a little bit different. So thanks for clarifying that for people listening. Now, we know the role of semi-absentee. We know the role of the owner-operator. What is the role of the franchisor and the corporate office at Fastest Labs? How are they supporting all of these franchisees?
2: Yeah, so we've had some really good success lately uh, with – we don't call them national accounts, but national partnerships. And that's something that the corporate office has helped drive. So, Um, This is becoming what's called a collection site for other national laboratories. So this is something that is really good for new owners because it can get them volume coming in day one at a a lower revenue number. So what what actually happens when you do this is if they if an owner wants to do this and they're not required to, um, but they can sign up to be a collection site for other laboratories And there's zero cost um, to them doing this, um, but it's a lower revenue number. So these tests are typically gonna be 10 to $15 in revenue, 100% profit margin, uh, because there's no cost to doing it. So they've they've built a lot of these national relationships that franchisees can leverage. Uh, We also have a really exciting thing going on with uh, Amazon DSPs. One thing I I didn't touch on earlier, and I should have when we talked about owners, is we have seen a, a, a lot of interest from owners that own other businesses. So they own other businesses, especially businesses where their employees have to get drug tested um, because they've seen how bad the other options are out there. And so they 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 say, why don't I just have this and I can send these employees to that? Plus, use my network in this business to bring in other business owners. So specifically with Amazon DSPs, we have about 15 Amazon DSPs that have bought franchises with us just this year um because they have all these drivers that they have to drug test regularly and they're always looking they're very entrepreneurial they're always looking for additional opportunities and they have really resonated with this and what that has led to on a national level is right now we're partnering up uh, we're piloting a program with Amazon DSPs in 10 markets where we are their drug testing supplier in that entire market Um, for those that aren't familiar, I should have explained this earlier. Amazon DSPs are delivery service partners. These are like the franchisees of Amazon who own the the delivery vans, hire the drivers, and they're delivering your packages to the door. So that's what Amazon DSPs are. And uh, and yeah, they've been able to get us in the door to be able to do this pilot in 10 markets in the US. And if that goes well, we'll be rolled out nationally across the US um, to be the drug testing provider for Amazon DSPs.
0: Wow, that will be huge. That's really cool to hear. You know, one other thing that I learned actually today, I I listened to a consulting um, kind of webinar that you put on today about this opportunity and some other Fastlane brands was more about the leadership team. I think what we hear oftentimes from clients, one of their motivators, we always ask people like, what's your why? One of their motivators sometimes is, I'm making a lot of money in corporate, so I don't want to leave it, but I don't love the culture. I don't feel appreciated you know, I don't feel taken care of. So I think people is an important part of exploring a business. So tell us a little bit more about the history of the brand. And we probably should have started with this, but I feel we'd be remiss not to cover it because your your owners, your founders sound pretty incredible. So tell us a little bit about their background.
2: Yeah, they've got a really fun background. So Dave and LaDonna Claflin are the founders uh, in San Antonio, Texas is where we're headquartered. And uh, they're very entrepreneurial. in in their early 20s, they started their first franchise. It was a Merry Maids franchise, um, ran that very successfully for 13 years. Um, So they've got that franchisee experience. And then they went on to start another franchise uh, called Worldwide Express Shipping, uh, which is a B2B shipping franchise. Uh, And then they ran that for 10 years. Um, so they were franchisees for over 20 years with different franchises before they became a franchisor. So it really is a franchise that was built by franchisees for franchisees. Uh, you'll see that in our fee structures and the, uh, a lot of things really show that this is this is very uh, is a very franchisee friendly franchise. But uh, but it was funny because Dave was cold calling for his Worldwide Express franchise and ran into somebody who owned a uh, drug testing laboratory. And it, it intrigued him. And, you know, he started talking to him and explained to him that, hey, I've always kind of been on the lookout to become a franchisor. I could see this as a, as a great franchise system. Let's talk more. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and they started Fastest Labs in, in 2008 and then started franchising it in 2010. So very family oriented uh, couple. They're both of their children are both franchisees with the brand. One of them um, started a location in Dallas, was the rookie of the year, sold that location and moved to San Antonio to be closer to family, and uh, now runs a location in San Antonio. And uh, their son did something very similar. Opened one in Austin, uh, grew it, sold it, moved back to San Antonio, bought a location there, and uh, and now runs the location in, in San Antonio. Uh, Semi-absent, His wife's pretty involved in that, and he is uh, one of our support coaches. So he's been successful at two different locations. So he's a great field coach for our franchisees.
1: So a franchise owned by former franchisees, truly a family business, so much so that their own children have gotten involved I mean, that's a dream for somebody seeking to get out of that corporate culture that's very nervous about what they're getting into and, and who they're going into business with because that is so important when you're choosing a franchise. Brittany and I talk about it all the time. Well, it's your business you have to trust that the franchisor is going to make the right decisions on your behalf. They are going to be open to, you know, listening to your thoughts and concerns. You really want somebody in that role who understands it and nobody understands what being a franchisee is like better than a franchisee themselves. So that's a relief to hear
2: absolutely and and they've and they've invested in it. I mean, this isn't a franchise or that's still just being run by the founders. They have a pretty significant team of business coaches, marketing director, technology director. So they've got a big team at the corporate office to support these franchisees.
1: Also a relief. <laughs> I think support is <laughs> another thing. You know, when you're When we look at brands and we're vetting them for clients, we want to make sure that those things are in place. And, you know, many franchisors, I think, don't realize what it takes to support 100 franchisees. And they just go, well, yeah, we'll add a person here or there. And it's very different at 15 than it is at 115. So we love to hear that there's so much support inside of that system for people. Absolutely. So... Dawn, you've been in franchising for a long time. This is your second time talking to us about franchising and brands that you're involved with. You have had a tremendous run at Franchise Fastlane and prior to that with being on some amazing brands. But we have to know, what is your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? What really moves the needle for you?
2: For me, it's I've always been passionate about entrepreneurship. I've I've seen it in my own family where it's it's been able to really change people's lives, and you know it, it's that old. It's kind of cliche, but and you've probably had other people talk about this, but it's you know being in business for yourself, but not by yourself. It's having that playbook that you can follow that's been proven time and time and time again, and if if you plug in and and you follow the playbook, you're going to be successful. Um, so you've got to execute, they've got the playbook. That doesn't mean you're guaranteed success um but if you plug in you follow the system you make the investments that you're told you need to make you do the things you hire the right people you're going to be successful it's a it's a recipe it's a it's a proven model for success and so to have to help people to be able to get into a, a business of their own with much much higher success rates uh, with the ability to to scale and have that support behind them that's really what gets me excited and and has always been had me very passionate about franchising in the, for the last you know twelve years now.
0: Yeah, it, it's genuine too. I mean, you genuinely get very excited about helping people become entrepreneurs, and I'm not sure we've had anyone talk about franchising that way, that analogy that you used yet. So that's a good one. So I have to imagine you've gotten some some great advice over the years. You you have a very close knit family family of entrepreneurs. You've been in franchising a long time. You've got great friends that I know you and your wife go on trips with your friend group. So in your in your life so far, I imagine you've gotten some good advice. What will you share with us today? What's the best piece of advice you've ever received?
2: That's a great question. Um, you know, the the thing that comes to mind is is a is a very short quote that I have written on my wall. I don't even know where I got it from, to be honest with you. I, sh- I should go find out because uh, it's it's pretty meaningful to me. And it's live life on purpose. And I love that um, in in all aspects, business, personal, that I think so many so many people just just go through life and just what happens happens to them, it, they're not intentional about the way they live their life. And so I heard that probably ten years ago. And I've always tried to live that way, to live life on purpose, do the things you want to do in life, do things that will help you get to a better place in two years than you are now and five years than you are now, whether that's personally, whether that's professionally, just be intentional, live life on purpose is, uh, is, is a very meaningful quote for me.
1: Well, you certainly embody that. And, you know, every day, really what you're sharing with clients and the job that you're doing when you're getting the opportunity to share these opportunities. So We appreciate you taking time out of what we know is a very busy schedule between the brands that you represent. We look forward to our clients getting the opportunity to work with you on Fastest Labs and other brands that you represent as well. Thank you so much, Don.
2: Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate your support. And this has been so fun. I I love getting together and chatting with you guys and always look forward to the next time we can be in person together.
0: Thank you so much. We really appreciate it.
1: So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at FranPathConsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at Franpath Consulting. Or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment.